Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. Um, all right, yeah, let's chat about onboarding a direct report in product. So um, both Lou, we both are going through this and um, in, in different stages of companies, different types of companies. So I'm curious to hear, Lou, what your experience is has been with it so far um, and any tips and tricks you can share. Yeah, I, I'll say for Ibotta, this is like my first net new direct report onboarding. You know, the um, first, uh, one of my other direct reports that I had to onboard, she was coming from a different uh part of the company. And so as a result, you know, she already had the context, right? She already knew a lot about the business. She had been here longer than me, frankly, just um, was transitioning in a career to product. And so, you know, that's a pretty, you know, I, I hate to say it, but that one's a little bit easier, right? Because you're not getting them up to speed on the business. You're really just getting right. them up to speed on the problem space, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in that case, I think both you and I are talking about net new, how do we handle net new, <laughs> which is the yeah, I mean, one. Yeah, we can, I would love to talk about both. I think we both, I, I've also experienced that same thing. Um, so we can talk about a little bit of both and the differences too, but um, yeah, for a net new, like, is this the first week with them or second week? Or? Yeah, this is day, day three. Day three. So, yeah. So I think, I'll kind of put it into the first day at Ibotta is, you know, company onboarding, right? Here's, here's Ibotta, here's, you know, everything about it. And then there's really, let's become a product manager at onboarding. And I think the thing that I found that is most successful is when a manager gives you an incredibly detailed 30, 60 and 90 day plan, just a document containing Mm -hmm. anything and everything you ought to know. What are the expectations of me as a PM? As a senior PM, like what what are those expectations? I feel like that's the best place to start because it at least level sets that person's like, cool, I know that I am responsible for X. You know, I think that's always mm. the best place to start with onboarding. How do you guys kind of illustrate that? Is that a is that like a bulleted list of you know top five responsibilities or yeah? Yeah, I made a bulleted list of like you know, we have kind of like these career competencies and it says kind of like to be, you know, skilled in all these areas, here's what it looks like. And so I kind of digested this massive spreadsheet that HR has and uh, product leadership has and just turned it into like the top 10 things that you should be responsible for, you know, managing my squad, setting my mission and vision, updating the roadmap, uh, presenting with, you know, me at SLT meetings, you know, just kind of the breakdown of like, hey, let's level set. Here are the expectations in the role. Kind of curious for you, what's what's like the first thing that one of the first things you talk about with them? Um, yeah, it's a little different. Um, we have a um, really in depth onboarding um, that that I really appreciated when I got on board, but it's it's about a week long, which is oh, wow. Um, in, pretty, it's pretty in depth, which is awesome because if you're coming on board with a new company, not having any context of, you know, their technology stack or the customers that they interact with, maybe you have like light, but it's really diving deep into specific sessions, um, for that, 
And I'm trying to pull up like what that calendar looks like, but um, it was, you know, you get to chat with the CEO, you get to do an intro to onboarding. You can do talk about like values and vision and goals. Um, yeah, they assign you. And I think you guys have this as well, but like a onboarding buddy. So someone to, yep. you can always ask questions to, you know, we have a review handbook, there's um, preparation meetings, you know, going into the product itself meetings. And so you have a day of just like diving into that product. And actually what I really appreciated with that is that we put you in their shoes. So like with a consumer app company, it's easy. You can download the app and use it, but with a SaaS or B2B company, um, you, you don't get to see it until you start working for that uh, company. So this is like, they're treating you as a customer now go through the onboarding experience and use the product and set it up successfully. Like try to walk through these steps. So I really appreciated that because as a product manager, you can kind of understand that product in depth and like areas of opportunity and make comments on that. And so then you kind of have a discovery session with the product team on that during the onboarding session to provide feedback and, and all of that as well. Um, so it's also a good way to kind of get some user research done through, um, you know, firsthand usage. Um, and then, you know, you dive into the tech, you dive into the customer strategies, you talk about marketing partnerships um, and, and any other tools and, and filling in the gaps in there. So it is very in-depth, which I don't know, you know, if every company has the bandwidth to do that, but I would tell you from my perspective, it made day one of the second week so much more productive having that more, more time spent there. Um, and so, you know, depends on, on the team bandwidth or who has, you know, the bandwidth to kind of go through all of that. But I would argue that it actually helps onboarding faster if you go through that in more depth. You know, that's interesting. It's kind of one of the areas that I've wondered, you know, what can make onboarding faster? And, you know, for product managers, sometimes I feel like it's maybe a little different where, I actually think all the company con like we do kind of like, you know, onboarding today at Ibotta. It's about yeah, right. goes from like nine to two, right? You get your computer set up, you get an overview of the company, you get an overview of the mission, what we're working on, et cetera. Big things that are happening. Um, in the past, you know, in the office when we were doing it, Brian would pop in for a little bit, say hi to everybody. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, we'd kind of go and work with our manager and get up to speed. I, I kind of feel like for me with onboarding, one of the most important things to do with a new PM is help them make their first decision. You know, mm. give them enough context to make something small, give them enough context to make a decision to get involved. Yeah, that quick win. Yeah. Yeah. That quick win. And that way, you know, somebody goes, okay, I, it's kind of like a, I wish there was, there's like a horrible like way to reference this, but it's like kind of getting over that first hump of like, Oh my God. Okay. I did something. I felt productive for today. Now I feel like I can do some more. You know, I think that's, that's good. I always wonder in our case, like specifically for problem spaces, the data, it might take so much time. And sometimes the easiest way is like, Hey, I need you to solve this problem. Here's all the resources you need to figure out how to solve that problem. Now let's do it. Right. Yeah. Um, and then assuming a quick turnaround on these two so that, that they can get it um, answered and solved fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess maybe I, I'm wondering how, 
I'm wondering if it's really that different what you guys do from like what we do, which here what I've done, which is put together like in this 30, 60, 90 onboarding plan, Mm -hmm. right? You try to be really descriptive. Here's who you should be. Here's who you should talk to. Here's the department that they're in. Right. So kind of setting up right. all those meetings. Yeah, kind it's of very similar to similar. that, except for it's just scheduled, right? And it's just like right. you know, yeah. Yeah. I would say that's probably the yeah, that sounds like the difference. Like our in our case, we probably don't schedule that, but at least we give them, you know, I've kind of I actually thought about that. I'm like, should I schedule these meetings to this person? And I was like, or could I just yeah. trust that they're a PM and they could reach out to somebody and right. say, hey, that's the other thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um it there's balances of both. Like you're giving them that you're empowering them to make those decisions and scheduling the right meetings with the right people and giving them the context um, versus just, you know, um, accelerating that um, yeah. up front. I, I've gone through both um, and I appreciated both. What I liked about the way we're doing it now is that um, you're not also running a team while you're onboarding during that uh, first week, you know, you're not kind of, de- de- you're not context switching as much, right. You're in the learning phase. So you're kind of, that's an accelerated learning path and, and a focus that you can develop. Um, that's what I did appreciate of that. Um, but then I think it could be a nice accompaniment to say, then go in with these individuals and ask more questions or set up context relevant to your role in this company as well. That might be interesting yeah. too, but we have something similar to what you mentioned before. Like you said, a top 10, we have a top five that is just kind of those, you know, straight, you know, lead a cross-functional product team, define OKRs, communicate progress, partner with leadership, set product strategy and own the roadmaps. Like that's like, that's exactly right. Like we do that same thing. Um, so we do set those expectations up front as well. And that's also in our, our job descriptions are pretty well thought out as well. Yeah. So it's, it's in there. They know what to expect coming into it. So it's, that's the scorecard. We call it the job scorecard and that's what we'll like, you know, measure your performance against. So it's all the way from when we create the position to evaluating performance. Yeah. So it sounds like we are actually pretty on the same page, right? Yeah. Get him in. We'd introduce him to the company. We tell them, exactly what their expectations are and how we're going to rate them at what our performance review cycles are. Um, In this case, we also set goals, right? We tell them, you know, Hey, we're going to set goals, et cetera. So we go through that process. And then, you know, I think the other piece as well is like, what I always like to do is give them a few tasks that are representative of their job, like a few deliverables. My favorite one is, Hey, I need you to make a pitch deck that justifies why your squad exists. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's one of my favorite ones because it's like, imagine that you had to pitch the the funding of your team. Right. Exactly. What, how do you on that understand that business case? Can you make it for yourself? Can you empower it with your mission and vision that sets it, sets you up for success? Yeah, it does build that uh, um, accountability to an ownership over the problem space after you present, right? Because you've done that due diligence and you're making that case. Yeah, so you put together that that bit, you showcase it to your peers, you showcase it to your team, and it kind of helps people, I think, get down that that path of establishing trust, right? Like this person's going to come in, they're going to actually take care of us. They're going to understand that problem space and they're going to understand it so well that in a few weeks there are, you know, less time they're going to sit back and they're going to spit it back out to us and at least tell them 
that they understand the business context as much as you know the people who set it up in the first place. Right, right. Um, I do. You guys do any kind of shadowing? Um, so I'm curious. Like, do you just throw them into the fire and, and you know, <laughs> hey, raise your hand if you're uh, so, underwater? Yeah, you know, it, I think that's a case by case basis thing. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to say like, you know, I've, I've onboarded two PMs. I've been part of some other ones. When I, when I started at Ibotta, I didn't even know what an onboarding buddy was. I didn't get one. <laughs> I think it was like day three. They were like, Hey, we need you to write a product brief for this. Have fun. Like, oh. <laughs> get after it. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. But I mean, at least for me that helped. Right. And I, and I actually yeah. understand that sometimes best way, like, and I think it's different for different people. So that's what I would say as a manager is like, Think about that person, and if they're a hyperly like driven person who really wants to get in the weeds and really wants to start making decisions, sometimes that's what they need to do to feel comfortable yeah. in a new space. Is just understand who their team is, start building those relationships, and you just need to let them do it. On other cases, um, when one of the other onboardings I did, um, I had been managing the squad from a product management perspective for a little bit, just to like bridge the gap and we had that person shadow me through the process, say, hey, here's how we're going to create an initiative. Here's how we're going to write a product brief, right? And I really guided them more into the like, hey, let's be successful PM. And here's what that looks like. But I think that's a case-by-case basis things. And sometimes I have this philosophy, which is um, allow people to fail comfortably, especially Mm -hmm. when they're starting. You want them to be able to take the right amount of risk in terms of, I want to create this thing. Maybe I made the initiative too big and I need to scale it back, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's a a common one. Maybe I need to break this chunk of work down. But if you're over the top of them, telling them exactly what to do, they don't learn it nearly as fast as if they create the big initiative and they go, oops, and then they rescale it themselves. So I like to create those opportunities where you put somebody into the position and you kind of put the guardrails up so that they're not going to be giving an SLT presentation 30 days in and have a failure, but maybe they're going to make a couple of mistakes in setting up a sprint or something. Yeah. 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 I like the guardrail thing. Like that's exactly what we do. Similar. Like we just onboarded a PM and some of the epics or product briefs that we wrote more generally and directionally and then saying, yeah, we need to go verify this acceptance or we need to go validate business requirements. Um, at least gives them something to, to tangibly work through. And like you said, make mistakes and then learn from it and and move forward. But, um, yeah. And then I love the quick win too. That's, that's something that we, we do as well. So, um, even like, I remember coming on to Ibotta, there was a project that was, um, just over the line or just about to be over the line. So I took that and kind of uh, got it over the line. And that was, you know, satisfying as a new hire, you know, that you're making progress and and you get to learn that whole, you know, accelerated experience of, of solving that um, thing quickly. And, and so I, I enjoyed that. So we do, we do something similar here. Um, but what about like when you're onboarding, so it sounds like it's much easier when you're onboarding an individual that's already been a part of the company that's now coming under like your management, right? Um, different yeah. problem space potentially. Um, what uh, what did you learn from that experience? I think 
in general, like, like you said, on the, on, it takes, I think, for management, you have to be dynamic, mm-hmm. right? You have to understand that the onboarding plan that you put together for one person is not the same as you put together for another. And I think there are too many people in this world, and I'm sure we've both come across them, right, who just standardize it. And then they're just like, welcome to product at blah, 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 company. Here's everything you need to know. And it's like, oh, well, that didn't really address it for me. That didn't address my concerns. So what I'd like to do, and I think I'm going to take this a step back, where I really start thinking about the onboarding is in the interview notes. So in the interview notes, everybody, you know, writes their comments, talks about their strengths, their weaknesses, the identified areas of improvement, right? If you're getting good interview notes, you get all that information. So you think about that, plus what you know about the candidate going in, Mm. right? And even if they're transitioning inside the company, they probably, in our case, they've gone through that interview process. So we know their strengths, we know some of their weaknesses, their areas for improvement. And I start thinking about those when I start thinking about the onboarding. Right? Does this person already work with Jira or have they never seen a piece of product management software before? You know, and right. those are really the case, those are really how I start thinking about their onboarding. It's like if they come in from the business, maybe they have tons of context in marketing, but maybe we need to get them up to speed on how to work with engineering. So I'm going to spend mm, more time to yeah. coach them on that engineering bit, you know, or answer their questions. And be around. how do you guys like what does that coaching plan look like? Um as you're developing the employees, do you guys have a a go-to or a guidance on how to build a learning path or coaching plan for the individuals? Um, I've been working on it. So I've been, at least for like my own notes, um, I don't think we have anything standardized as a company yeah. for a coaching plan. But what <laughs> I try to do is I try to think, how can I get this person to be a productive PM in a short period of time? What are the steps that they need to take? And that's really where I look at those steps. And then I wonder, okay, what parts of this can I be a source of information and a source of truth? Or can I put in here, hey, read this or study X and then this, and then we'll talk about it. So I I think that's Mm -hmm. the way it's like that 30, 60, 90 is really the critical piece where you think at the end of 90 days, you need to be up and performing. So if you think about, here's the tasks I want you to do in month one, and I know that these are going to help coach you. Then in month two, I want you to accomplish these things. And then in month three, we're going to accomplish these things. And I think by setting up all those and then helping them with it as needed, that's really what lets you bring somebody on. But I'm kind of, kind of curious, where does, the, where does the onboarding plan start and end with, with you guys? Yeah, I think, you know, similar... Similar in the in the case where you 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 know you have your 30, 60, 90 and you're kind of working through that with their weeks and strengthnesses. I think one thing that I've been researching more or looking into is this worked really well with me was this um like a product level skill check, product manager level skill check and understanding where um like where my gaps were, where, you know, what traits or, or skills that I needed versus what, you know, strengths and weaknesses there. And so I thought this one was pretty neat that I saw was a, uh, uh, what is your shape? It was like a worksheet that kind of showed, you know, um, product delivery, feature specs, managing up team leadership, all those skills and kind of like where you ranked versus like needs focus on track or outperforming. And then you can kind of have identify 
one of those skills, let's say strategic impact is the one you need help with to build a learning path for that specific topic. Um, and so I, I'm kind of researching that a little bit and how we can measure those things and, and get more prescriptive paths based on the skills that they need. But the other thing that we really care about as a company at Shopping Gives is that uh, training is such a core part of our um, values. That's actually one of our company OKRs is to accomplish a certain amount of hours of employee training. And so that's both management and individual contributors. So we use tools like LinkedIn Learning. O'Reilly has a good software for engineers. Um, there's all sorts of things like Trainual and uh, um, Loom to actually make some internal videos to train, but building those learning paths for your department. Um, and then also giving them the ability to learn on their own. So we have LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn learning licenses and O'Reilly licenses for all of our employees so that they can go in and, you know, research a topic and get really uh, competent in that just from getting a certification or going through a learning course. So I really like that because as an avid learner, I'm sure you're the same way that you can always, something piques your curiosity. Now you have a place to go to, to actually learn more about it. Um, that's pretty. So. That's pretty cool. Are you are you are you guys seeing you know widespread adoption of that uh, of those like people are using those systems? Yeah, I mean the goal is that it's a company level OKR, so it's on the leadership team to kind of evangelize with their team and with product managers. It's easy because they're just avid learners, so they want to continue their you know skills and because there's not necessarily a degree for it um it, you know yeah. at least there wasn't but so now it helps them sharpen their toolkit so oh i don't know too much about road mapping can i learn more about that then there's a track for that if there's uh you know i want to learn more about how we do pro the product process here at shopping gives i can actually custom make my own track to show them and like uh with loom you know you can uh it's a pretty interesting tool that it has your face in the corner and you can kind of like walk through the process of like how we do product here or, you know, run a brief or how something moves from an idea to completion. Um, and, and that's part of their learning process. So I think, you know, we're, we're still rolling this out more effectively, but I, so far, um, there's a lot of interest and in adoption of, of the core things. One of the most recent ones has been business process modeling. How can we build that into our product specification documents? Like, uh, so that it makes it very easy so that any engineering team can pick up like the user flow customer journey and, and translate that to a uh, technical workflow. Um, so that was something that, you know, not everyone knows business process modeling. So what does that look like? Here's a track, go learn it. Right. And so it, I like it for standardization of how we want to go and accomplish certain things and aspects of the job, but I'm also exploring it more from that PM skill check of like, all right, if you're lacking strategic skills, here's a path for that. If you're lacking um, communication skills, here's a track for that. And so that is something that I'll probably build up over time. And then as we onboard more and more, it, be, it becomes easier to just drag and drop. And you can assign these learning tracks to the individuals as well if you're an admin. So, but yeah, yeah, highly that recommend pretty, that. Yeah, I agree. That sounds pretty cool. Office see if we can roll out something similar here. I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and something like OKRs too. They have one for OKRs. So yeah, you're new to this. You you want to understand like how to properly set OKRs? Watch this video. And the cool thing with LinkedIn learning you get when you're done with it, it's a certification you can put on your profile, which is kind of neat. And so, um, 
but I, I love the, the constant learning aspect of this. Gosh, that means I'd actually have to update my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, Kevin, what are some final takeaways, some homework for maybe new product managers, managers who want to get it, or PMs who want to get into management on how they can onboard or help their manager onboard new people? Yeah, I would say document a plan um, if you haven't done that. I mean, just make it very basic at first and start building on onto that as you continue onboarding you learn. It's just like any process that you're building. It's any, treat it like a product, um, treat it like, you know, the success of this problem that you're trying to solve is successfully onboard this person. Here's what that means that they're, you know, solving problems and um, X, Y, Z, right? Like, so write it down, um, learn and adapt. How about yourself? I think, you know, one of the, I read something a while ago and it said the first, how the deep, the more detailed that 30, 60, 90 plan is, the more thought that you put into it, the more likely that individual is able to onboard successfully and be productive and happy in their role. So I would highly suggest putting a lot of effort into that, thinking through the steps that person needs to take to become successful at the company, and then really leaning in with your time and your energy to make sure that their questions are answered, make sure that they get up to speed. And remember, yeah, it's a new environment. Everybody's always a little bit nervous when they start in a new place. And our goal is to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, thank you for joining us, Product Coffee, today. Um, looks like we finished up our coffee, so go level up. <laughs>